how the Lord uses him in, in the years to come as he serves the Lord. During this time, you're going to hear from several individuals. Uh, Samuel and Hayden are going to be leading us in a couple songs of worship, and then Pete Coco will be preaching the ordination sermon. Pete is the campus minister at Illinois State University, and the Encounter uh, student ministry is just changing uh, the campus up at Bloomington Normal in a great and mighty way. You're also going to hear this morning from Marsha Wise. She'll be sharing a special in song. Ernie will be given a charge. And Ernie, it's five minutes for the charge. Okay, buddy? Five minutes for the charge. Um, and, and there'll also be a time where I will invite elders, current elders, former elders, Pete, uh, the other ministry staff members to lay hands on Cody as, uh, as we commission him, not just for a year of ministry or for a couple years of ministry, but for a lifetime of ministry. So with that, I'm going to pray, and then Samuel and Hayden are going to lead us in some worship. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day, and I thank you for uh, what is at hand. I thank you for a young man who loves you with all of his heart, a young man who has said, here I am, Lord, send I. A young man who grew up in Clinton and is now serving you vocationally right here in Clinton. And so I thank you for Cody Monkman. I thank you for the heart that he has. And I pray that through all of this uh, ordination service, that, that it will be an encouragement to Cody. That during times of discouragement, during times of heartbreak, that he'll reflect back to this morning. To the words of Pete, to the words of... Ernie, to, to the words from your holy word, and that this day will be, uh, will be honoring to you and encouraging to Cody. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You guys want to stand? We're going to uh, worship together this morning. Nothing else satisfies only you, Lord. You are my best star by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, your presence my way. Don't 
morning. I need you. Maybe we 
Cause I may be weak But your spirit's strong in me My flesh may fail But my God you never will Cause I may be weak Your spirit's strong in me My flesh may fail my God, you never will give me faith to trust what you say, that you're good, and your love is great. I'm broken inside, I give you my life. Sing it out, give me faith. Trust what you say, that you're good, and your love is great. I'm broken inside, I give you my life. I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will. Cause I may be weak, but your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will. Cause I may be weak, your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail. My God, you never will. You guys can have a seat. Second century rabbi named Akiba was walking along the shore of Galilee and there was a checkpoint. He had taken a wrong turn. It was late at night. It was dark. And from this tower, this voice boomed into the darkness. Who are you? And what are you doing here? He was a little startled and so he didn't say anything. And again, the voice came and says, Who are you and what are you doing here? Lakiba, quick on his feet, he asked the question back into the darkness. How much do they pay you to ask these questions? And the guard was a little taken back. He said, 10 drachma a week. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you twice as much if you'll come on my front porch and every morning you greet me with the same two questions. Who are you? And what are you doing here? Today, Cody, we're going we're gonna to hopefully address who you are and what are you doing here. Something that we would all like to find for us at some level. But today is a special day to recognize this ordination. Ordination actually means to be set apart and to be appointed for some special purpose, some special task, some anointing. And God is all into this set-apart theme because he himself is set apart. He calls it holiness. 
Throughout Scripture, especially in Revelation, there is descriptions of the angels who are around God who continually sing those three things, right? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Set apart, set apart, set apart is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy. We know if it is said once in Scripture, it is true. If it is repeated in Scripture... It is an emphasis. If it is said three times, it is a whole different category. And if we were to draw a line between us and God, his set-apartness, it would be a line behind me. And he is not just on the other side of that line. He is in Indiana somewhere. That's Indiana, right? That direction. <laughs> and he, he is far holy. Being on this side of the line is called rebellion. We're good at that. We have, within our hearts, we are rebellious people by nature. And in our rebellion, he still, as we know, through the gospel of Jesus, he died for us, making it possible for him to choose times in which he actually intersects us in our rebellion through holiness to draw us to him so that our souls might be made whole and holy and live in eternity with him on the other side of that line one day. And when God chooses to cross the line and camp among us, whatever he uses is holy. Whatever he uses is holy. Um, Monday nights at Cape and Auditorium, that, that place, I don't know what it's used for throughout the day. I don't know what things are being taught. I don't know what kind of rebellious things are being displayed. But I know that Monday nights at 9 o'clock within our ministry at Illinois State University, uh, that room in the past, right now it's being renovated, but in, that room in the past has been a place where I kick off my shoes because I trust that God is going to use that place as holy ground. And you remember when Moses was encountering God at the burning bush, he said, take off your shoes for this is holy ground. It didn't stay holy ground, but since God was on that ground at that time, it was holy then. And whatever he uses during that moment of intersection, it is holy because he is holy. I was reading through the first couple of books of the Bible. Just in Genesis and in Exodus, we see that there are holy days, holy ground, holy dwellings, holy mountains, holy incense, holy emblems, holy plates, a holy nation, holy tabernacle, a holy altar. Within the temple, there was a holy place. And in the back, back corner of this holy place, was the most holy place because it's where the holy, holy, holy God resided. And wherever holy, holy, holy lives, that's the most holy place. Then we have the sacrifice of Jesus that ripped that curtain and his holiness is abundant to us and he is able to cross that line into our rebellion and he gets to use places like Cape and Auditorium and like this place that are set apart for his purpose and God meets us here on this ground as well. Isn't that awesome? This is a holy place. 
And so I think it's pretty awesome to know that he will make this place holy. He will make your car holy. He can make your home holy. And in the case of Cody, he can make his polar pop holy. Miss Twizzler, Miss Kit Kat, and whatever else. I like to tease Cody. Cody, you've been able to experience a few things over the years. You've been able to experience God's holiness here through the grab-and-go efforts early on. You've been able to experience him at Mount Zion. You've experienced him through our ministry and through small groups. We've seen holiness together. We've even gone on a mission trip together to the Philippines. One night we saw like 13 kids come forward and get baptized. Holy moments. Holy moments. Moments to remind us that the thing that God cares about most. See, he can make this place holy and he can make things holy. But I got to tell you, those don't last. The thing that God's into is making your soul holy. And that's what Cody cares about. And that's what God cares about. And over time, God has, throughout Scripture, appointed people, ordained people, for a special purpose of allowing his holiness to meet our souls. And what he's done is he's kind of appointed people to hug the line, to come on up and to hug the line. And in this hugging of the line, they are able to be a mediator between God and Maybe mediator is a strong word. That's Jesus' job. But you are a, a one to pave the way for God to interact and to become a holy investor into people's lives. We look at Acts chapter 6. Deacons were appointed. They had hands laid on them to help with the holiness departed of the Lord. Pastors were ordained in each city in Crete in Titus 1. In Acts 13, it might be the most concrete example, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so after they fasted and prayed, they placed hands on them and sent them off. Before this ordination service is over, we are simply going to place hands on Cody to be ordained to allow your servant here to help make the kids in this place and the people in this place more holy. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. A lot of churches, I think, believe that when we are ordained, we cross the line somehow. And that Cody's holier than thou, and we better not swear around Cody, because he's across the line. And those virgin ears can't hear those things, and he can't see certain things. That's not the case. Cody lives with us, but he loves the Lord, and he will be used by the Lord. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give him a chance to... Uh, to be prayed for. And what I want to, what I just want to close with is very simply this, just this idea that within Encounters Ministry, I just wanted to take a second and say that within our ministry, our hope and our prayer is that our ministry is producing lots of 
ordained, set-apart people. It might not be as official as this is, but our goal and our purpose within Encounter at Illinois State University is to send people off. And every year we pray. We gather people up after baptisms. We gather people up at the end of a year. We gather people together. We put hands on them, and we send them off, much like we just read in Acts chapter 13 to be ordained for the Lord's purpose. And it is so cool to be able to come down here and to see where Cody started and now where he is actually employed as an ordained minister brings me great joy. Brings me great, great joy. Um, And so, Cody, who are you? You're an ordained minister today. And... uh, and why are you here? To make people holy. To introduce them to him. So let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your plan, your perfect plan. That you're holy. And you know we're not. And we need help. And the only thing that's ever going to last for eternity is our souls. And so you desperately want people, all these people, in some facet to be ordained, but especially so today, that we would, in a special kind of way, put Cody up along that line to help us all become more and more holy like you. That we would allow your spirit to interact with our souls to make us who we need to be. And I ask for your blessing upon him, upon his continued ministry, upon his future family, and that you would allow him to, to recognize when things might get hard later that this is a day he can call upon and he can remember and he can be reminded that this is, this is his purpose, this is who he is, this is why he's here. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Cody to come up at this time. And we are going to go through um, the ordination responsive reading. And there is a part that I will play as leader. There's a part that you will read as congregation. And there is a part that Cody will read as candidate. So, Cody, we're going to share this microphone, okay? Lift up your eyes and look on the fields, that they are ripe for harvest. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? I have heard the call of Christ. In the words of Isaiah, I respond, Here I am, send me. Have you, Cody Monkman, prayerfully considered the responsibility of living and sharing the gospel? And have you weighed the work involved and the sacrifices you may be called upon to make? I have. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that the Holy Scriptures are the Word of God to make us wise unto salvation through faith in Him? I do with all my heart. 
Are you motivated not out of a desire for position or earthly gain, but by the love of God and of your fellow men and the wish to glorify him and save them? I am. Will you strive to build up the church, the body of Christ, to prepare God's people for works of service, to labor for the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God? I will as God gives me strength. Will you endeavor to live a life of love within your family and in the community and so draw others to Christ through your example as well as your word? I will, I will make it the purpose of my life to live for Jesus Christ and ask for your prayers and the prayers of this church to help me in this ministry. Congregation, are you satisfied that Cody will be a worthy minister and representative of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you willing that he should be ordained to Christian ministry? Amen. This time, Marsha Wise is going to come and share a special in song. Cody, the day I saw you take those shoes off in Mexico and give them to the man of the house, I knew where you were going. And, uh, wow, I'm honored to be here for you. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. ways are good, all your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone, higher than my sight, higher than my life. I will trust in you alone. And where you go, I'll go. Where you move, I'll stay. When you I'll move, I will follow, and who you love, I'll love, who you serve, I'll serve, if this life I lose, I will follow, and I will follow, light unto the world, light unto my life. I will live for you alone. You're the one I seek, knowing I will find. All I need is you alone, in you alone. And where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you and who you how you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah. In you there's life everlasting. In you there's freedom from my soul. 
According to my schedule, I'm to start at 10.13 and go until 10.18. The current time is 10.09. You all know what that means. I'll be done at 10.18. It's a pleasure to uh, be with you here this morning. And it was a pleasure to preach in first service. And it's going to be a pleasure to preach in second service. I'm especially honored when, when I first found out I was coming to Clinton, I was doing a wedding for uh, Ryan Hopper and, and Molly Porter. They had called me three, four, or five months ago, and, and it kind of got it on the schedule. And it wasn't but a couple weeks later, Cody called me, and he said, hey, I'm getting ordained. And I said, Cody, I'll see if I can squeeze it in, and I want to be there, but, you know, things happen, and et cetera, and and he said, it's the weekend of this weekend. And I, I think God's bigger than a calendar. God's bigger than a clock. But he really allowed this to work out this weekend. Cody Words cannot describe how honored and privileged I am to be here uh, for your ordination. I've done, I've done some of these, and, and each time they're very special. And they're very special for many reasons. So, Cody, I want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this service here this morning. It's 1010, so I'm still in my time frame. It's just hard to imagine all that Cody has been through in his life. And it's, all too, it's just hard to imagine what Cody will go through in his life. And so today we come on this very, very special day to ordain Cody Monkman. And I've been given the opportunity to share the charge with you, Cody Monkman. And so the things I say, although there are things that apply to us, I will be specifically speaking to Cody during this charge. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 through 16 but you, man of God, flee from all of this. Pursue righteousness, 
godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which that you've been called and made your confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who will testify before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge you. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever and ever. The Essential Bible Companion has a great outline about where our authority comes from. And it's obvious for us as Christians that our authority comes from the Word of God. And so today, Cody, as you are being charged, just as Paul charged Timothy, I charge you. First of all, do not abuse or misuse God's Word. It's easy sometimes to make it fit something we're doing. It's easy sometimes maybe to say, well, the congregation does not know as much as me, so I'll just make up the story and hopefully no one will notice. Don't abuse or misuse God's word. Number two, follow the word of God. Do not follow church tradition, although church tradition is important. Never forget how important church tradition is because church tradition is important. But don't follow the church. Don't follow human reason. Don't follow the contemporary culture. Follow the word of God. The Bible has not changed. We've translated it into many different translations from the, NA, from the NIV to the NAS to the message to et cetera, et cetera, and so on. But the Bible, God's word has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, God will move you. God will use you. As long as you continue to use his words, your methods may change. Your style may change. I was 22 once. That should be enough said. But God's word will never change. We have, since society, have tried to change the way we live. We've tried to make laws and we try to do certain things that say we can do this. But if it was not acceptable five years ago, if it was not acceptable 20 years ago, if it was not acceptable 2,000 years ago, then it's not acceptable today. The Bible's very clear sin is sin. And so no matter how we classify it, and no matter what we try to do, sin is still sin. And so don't try to believe what other people tell you. Don't try to allow other people to sway your opinion. Allow God's word to be what you follow. Allow God's word to, you, to be what you use. Number three, use God's word to study. I know that same may seem obvious this morning, but use God's word to study. 
I want to encourage you to use other resources as well. We have curriculum that somebody wrote, so we might as well use it. We have other ministers who are here on staff and other ministers or other churches who are there to help give you godly advice through his word. We have the internet that we can use. Now I'm going to pause for a second and tell you something you may not have known. And we're going to get real deep here. Everything on the internet that you read is not true. Okay? There are some false things on the internet. And I know that's revelation for you and most of you this morning. So be very careful when you use the internet. Be very careful when you use curriculum. Be very careful when you use other ministers that you study God's word. That you don't depend on what someone would say or what someone will give you, but that you test it and make sure that it goes with God's word. If it doesn't go with God's word, then don't use it. Number four, memorize God's word. So many scriptures we could talk about. So many things that we could say this morning about God's word and how we need to memorize God's word. But I want to encourage you to memorize God's word. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. Colossians 4.6, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that we may know how to answer everyone. We are spoiled. We are spoiled because we have the whole entire Bible. We have both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Back in the Old Testament time, they would not have all of this that we have. Even in Jesus' time, they did not have all of this that they had. They had pieces, and they would take those pieces, and they would make songs out of them, and they would use those pieces. We have the full Word of God that's been given to us to use. And so memorize God's Word. Never lose that zeal. Never lose that desire for God's Word. The Bible Essential Commentary says it best. Familiarity with the Bible has been largely lost in our churches. For the most part, we believe that this is true because people don't have time to read it, and when they do, they simply don't know what to do with it. Many people desire to know God's Word, but feel they are groping blindly as they seek to figure out how to make Scripture relevant in their lives. And so, Cody, my charge for you is that you will start with your life. You will take what's been given to you and you will use it in your life so that what you use in your life might flow to other people. Can I have all of the present elders, future elders, and past elders, and ministerial staff to please come forward? Would you join us with a word of prayer? 
Father, um, what a special day. And Father, right now we just want to lift up Cody Monkman to you. God, we know that, uh, that it's not all going to be... Uh, it's not all going to be easy. Life and ministry can be difficult at times. But Father, your call is greater. The joy that you bring is greater. And Father, to, to serve you is a greater calling than anything that he could ever do. Father, we thank you for giving Cody the passion for the students and the children in this community. God, and the willingness to serve. God, the willingness to, to give up things, to be a part of your call in his life. God, we know that the blessings will be great. Maybe not on the earth, but God on heaven. And Father, right now we... As a group of believers and leaders of this church, Father, we, we just ask for your hand to just work powerfully in Cody's life, God, that you would give him endurance in ministry. God, that you would give him just a, an uncanny amount of energy, Father. God, that you would continue to help him to stay strong, God, that you would keep him from the things that would discourage him. Father, that he would be encouraged by the leadership of this church, by the students and the believers and the members of this church, and by the people that come in, and by the impact that you're going to have on his life and on the lives that he touches. And so, Father, we offer Cody up to you, God, as, as a servant. And we pray that your hand would work powerfully in him and his life. God, I thank you so much for this day, and I thank you for the growth that we have seen in Cody over the last several years, and I, I just thank you especially for the incredible impact of ISU Encounter Ministry, Pete Coco, and the team there, and yet today we, we set Cody apart for a lifetime of service to you. I pray that you will use him in ways that doesn't even seem possible this morning. That he is literally just scratching the surface. But it's my prayer this morning that whether on the mountaintop or in the valley, through times of celebration or times of incredibly hurtful discouragement, that you would bless him, that you would sustain him that the leaders that are here right now that are touching him, that are blessing him, will be encouragement to him. And that through it all, you will use his life to change your world. God, we thank you so much for Jesus, your son, and, and the, the hope that he brings each and every one of us, the difference that he makes in our lives. And it's my prayer that you bless Cody as he continues to minister in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray and all God's people said, amen.
I've asked Cody to come and just say a few words this morning. But before you do that, will you express your appreciation to this young man? So just remember all the people that are here. When they come and they yell at you about something, just remember at one point they gave you a standing ovation. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm going to give Cody the mic, and we invite you to stick around. Adam Brucker is going to close our time with prayer, but we've got cake and cookies and punch that's been prepared in the Family Life Center, and I hope each and every one of you will stick around and throw some encouragement to Cody. Um, it's days like today that make you think back to... Uh, what you have done and what you've been through to get to where you stand today. And, um, you know, as I was sitting there and uh, Marcia said her, her little thing and then sang the song, um, <laughs> I started thinking about um, just some, like, memories I have ingrained in me. And some of the things, you know, I remember uh, my dad taking me to the donut shop down here. Dang it. What the heck? Okay. Um, the donut shop to get an awesome chocolate long john and chocolate milk before dropping me off my Aunt Debs to babysit me. I remember learning to swim at the Clinton Y. And um, I remember the librarian at the Warner Library um, who would check out my books when I did the summer reading program. And she would... Um, when I would earn a prize, she would exchange a smile with me. Gosh dang it, what the heck? Okay. Um, I remember uh, Chief Reedy carrying me over after falling asleep at his house many times when our family would be over there for social gatherings. I remember Jim Deffenball helping me build a, a blue box during VBS one year in the old bell tower. I remember many times spent at Woodard Ballpark playing in the sand pit with all the other kids, um, going to the old pavilion and reading the not-so-nice messages on the wall and freaking out, um, chasing after foul balls and earning change from my dad's teammates. I remember sitting in a dark closet-like room in Washington School um, with a red notebook to get some speech therapy from Mrs. Judd because I had a lisp. I remember coming to church with my mom and getting anxiety. Getting anxiety. When I was dropped off because I didn't have many friends at church. Uh, I remember coming home from a state swim meet late at night to a surprise party to celebrate my accomplishments and my sister's accomplishments at state that year. 
I remember the conferences and conversations I had with parents and junior high students during my last year at the Y, the YMCA, working their day camp as the junior high coordinator. I remember acknowledging, I remember acknowledging the, the grace of God for the first time at CIY and Ernie kneeling down to me in a red carpeted ugly auditorium at Anderson University and praying with me. And I remember walking down this aisle here. Ken Hickerson was standing right there and through tears and snot. Um, telling him, I have to go. Meaning I had, I had to commit to going to Mount Zion. I have many memories here. Um, Memories ingrained from the experiences and the people I cross paths, paths with in this community. And um, I'm humbled to come back and serve the children and the junior high students and the parents in a, in the way that has an eternal investment. Um, everyone has profound memories from their elementary years and especially their middle school years. And many of those experiences become pivotal moments in their life. And I wanna be able to be one of those individuals that has a positive lasting imprint on the life of a youth who will one day be a, a future leader for tomorrow. And so I, I chose ministry largely, for many reasons, but largely because of one thing. Um, I want to fight for the kid that has anxiety when he, when he or she walks into our doors because he feels unfit or unwelcomed or awkward. Because I was that kid. <laughs> and I want to be a part of that process where they get to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So thank you for allowing me to come back and have the opportunity to leave my imprint on this community and to um, serve and fight for um, the community that served and helped me grow up for 18 years. So thank you. Well, thanks, Cody, for sharing from your heart. You know, it was uh, just a little over seven years ago that I was on the stage myself, being ordained right here in front of many of you. And uh, it's a wild ride being in ministry, um, but it is a great joy. I'd like to just close our time uh, with a word of prayer. And Co Cody will be um, out there shaking hands and, and talking with people. 
Uh, again, we'd like to remind you to, to visit the Family Life Center uh, where we'll have uh, some refreshments following uh, the service in here. Father, um, what a joy it is, God, to have somebody who has said, you know, I, I'm willing to, to look different than the rest of the world, God. God, to say that, uh, that they are, are, are willing to, to give their life, God, in service to you. God, there is no greater joy than serving you. And Father, we thank you for Cody. God, we thank you for a chance to, to celebrate his life, but God, also the fact that you have been working powerfully and orchestrating this very moment in his life. God, all those life experiences that he was just talking about, God, you have been using to, to form him and to shape him for a life of ministry, and we thank you for that. And we rejoice in the fact that God even, that you use even us as fallen human beings, God, for your service and for your kingdom, God. Thank you for a time to celebrate. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You are dismissed.